What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron. It's the first week after the NFL draft, which means it's time to turn in all of our final rankings. We did a rookie running back video on Monday. Today, we're going to talk through my top 10 rookie wide receiver rankings for your dynasty rookie drafts in the year of 2023. So we have a lot to get through. I have like 10 pages of notes. Let's not waste any time. We're going to do a tier list. Top 10 rookie wide receivers. Subscribe. Leave a like. Let's Go. I got the juice. I got the juice. Now, just a caveat. We are in the tier list, as you guys can see, or the tier generator here. This is for Dynasty Superflex PPR League. So it's not like Superflex really makes a difference, but it's for Dynasty. Wide receivers, I tend to have a little bit more of a broader view with, right? Running backs, I want production right away. Wide receivers, I kind of just want the talented players and let everything from there sort of figure itself out. Now, this is a tier list video. I feel much stronger about the individual tiers themselves than player X versus player Z within that tier. So you'll see, I have two wide receivers in A tier. You can flip-flop them however you want, but I do feel firmly that they're in a tier behind the first guy we're going to talk about here, Jackson Smith and the Jigba, wide receiver one. He goes 20th overall to the Seattle Seahawks. And I am in a tier of his own just because he has a very clean profile, right? He goes to Ohio State. And almost what I'm coining like the classic Ohio State path, right, where you have a quiet year one because they are a wide receiver factory, and then you blow up in year two and really put your name on the map. We saw it with Garrett Wilson. We've seen it now with Jackson Smith and the Jigba. We just saw it with Marvin Harrison Jr. They're all doing it. And JSN's year two was so impressive because he did it against other NFLers, right? Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave are studs in the NFL, right? They played last year in year one. They both looked amazing. Now, I would push back. You see some guys will go to the box scores. And if you go to like Ohio State's receiving yards from 2021, I believe was that season, and you sort by yards, it's going to be like JSN 1,600 yards and then Garrett Wilson like 1,000. And the issue is that they didn't play all the games, right? Garrett Wilson and Olavi didn't play in the bowl game. They also both missed like one other game for injury. So here are the games where they played together. But even then, JSN pace them right he was just a little bit more efficient 65 catches 1019 yards five touchdowns had the highest yards per out run was demanding targets he was at least looking the part in a room of nfl wide receivers and that is absolutely massive now the other thing that i absolutely love about him is he has elite short area quickness we look here and you can see his shuttle his three cone both 9.89 9.92 relative athletic scores and i kind of see him like a juiced up cd lamb or maybe not juiced up but cd lamb we don't know what he tested in the agility drills, but CD Lamb essentially with elite short area quickness, which is really important for JSN because one of the drawbacks of his profile is that he was pretty much a slot only guy. I played like 90% of his slot, his snaps out of the slot at Ohio State. But if you're going to be a slot wide receiver and operate in that area, we would want you to be super, super agile, which is what Jackson Smith and the Jigba is. Now, we have like a small sample of him on the perimeter and he's done okay there. I do think that he could eventually translate to the outside or maybe even as early as year one. But in year one, he's going to be on the Seahawks. He's going to be behind Lockett, behind Metcalf. But I still just want to bet on the talent, right? This is a clean profile, looks similar to CeeDee Lamb. First round, Lanzier line grade, first round draft capital, 21-year-old early declare, elite agility for a slot wide receiver. Now, the only drawback again, is the landing spot. Now, again, he is my wide receiver one in my S tier, but I'm going to give you a little bit of a sobering point of view on Jackson Smith and the Jigba. We have him in a tier of his own, right? The fantasy community, we have decided as a collective, he is in a tier of his own. I have decided as Ron Stewart in the basement, a collective of, of one, 
that he is the wide receiver one in a tier of his own. But it's worth noting the NFL doesn't feel that way, right? It was, it was 21, 22, 23, 24, all wide receivers. They did not draft JSN in the top 10. They didn't draft him in like a tier ahead of the other wide receivers. They all went off the board in the row, in a row. He did start, you know, the, the run on wide receivers, I guess. But I just want to put it out there. The NFL doesn't see him in a tier of his own. They don't see him as a top 10 draft pick. Something that we saw Drake London and Garrett Wilson be last year. Uh, I still don't understand why the NFL wasn't wide receiver crazy this year after the A.J. Brown contracts and the uh, Tyree Kill and Devontae Adams contracts. We saw that last year. Jahan Dotson went 16th overall, along with like six wide receivers in the first 16 picks or five wide receivers. We did not see that this year. Why? I could not tell you. But it's something that's a little bit of a ding on his profile. And really the only thing that I'll nitpick with JSN is that fact. And then also he's going to be behind DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, two guys who have been iron men in this league who haven't really missed any good chunk of time in the last like three years four years and both really established guys and that's why my biggest point with jsn is he's wide receiver one in a tier of his own but i wouldn't draft him ahead of like gibbs and stroud i just think that you're really going out on a limb here when quarterback value and super flex is a ton and a young running back doesn't have to do a ton to maintain value right what kenneth walker did last year was just average like 14 points per game Worst success rate in the league, didn't really catch a ton of passes, boom, vaulted up as a top five running back in Dynasty. For wide receiver, JSN's going to be in a spot here where he's going to be third in snaps at his wide receiver position on the Seahawks, and he's going to have to match what Olave, what London, what Garrett Wilson did from a yards per out run, target per out run perspective, PFF grade perspective, and really put on a show in year one to, you know, he, he's, a, he's drafting like the fourth round of startups right now to make a profit on that he needs to really do a lot with a little bit. Now, I do love looking at Mike Clay's projections here. He goes through from a team level, looks at tendencies, pass volume, what rookies have done in the past, what rookies have done at their draft slots in the past. So with JSN, 20th overall rookies, what have they looked like in the past in a offense like the Seahawks, who the Seahawks historically use rookies. He goes through it all. He's ESPN's projections guy. He's the best guy in the business. And I just want to put it out there that he doesn't see a huge tier gap either, right? He has Jackson Smith and Jigba at wide receiver 42. Now, I will add this caveat. A lot of wide receivers do the Amon Ross St. Brown, where they're like wide receiver 50 through the first 10 weeks, and then week like 11 on, they're like a top 15 guy. I 100% could see that for JSN. I just want to put it out there that our median expectation for him isn't even a top 36 wide receiver in 2023. So just something to be aware of. He has Jordan Addison at wide receiver 45, Quentin Johnson at wide receiver 49. So again, really close gap between them. It's really only the dynasty community that sees a big gap from JSN to the other two. Now, again, wide receiver one, I really like JSN, easily my 106, easily my wide receiver one in a tier of his own. With that being said, let's go to eight tier. And this is where we'll have two wide receivers. First up, we'll talk through Quentin Johnson, and he goes 21st overall to the Chargers. He's a solid prospect. I will say Addison is my 103. Uh, or not my 103, my wide receiver three. I prefer Quentin Johnston. They're in the same tier. You can have whichever one you like. I just prefer Quentin Johnston. I just think he has a little bit more upside. I kind of prefer those bigger bodies, 6'3", 208 pounds, Quentin Johnston. And he produced all three years. He led TCU in receiving all three years. It's tough for him to have like huge sat stats, right? He only has like one season of 1,000 receiving yards. But when you look at the offenses he was in, Max Duggan didn't pass for over 2,000 yards in Quentin Johnson's first year and didn't pass for over 3,000 yards in Quentin Johnson's second year. And this is in a conference in the Big 12 known for air raid and no defense. 
and their passing offense was atrocious. Now, he's a 21-year-old early declare. He produced all three years. He's a big physical wide receiver in a class that lacks that, right? JSN's a, a slot guy, but he's a little bit bigger uh, than a guy like Addison, who's like 173 pounds or something. Quentin Johnson's a big boy, and I love what he gives the Chargers, right? He goes 21st overall to the Chargers. He's going to get Justin Herbert passing him the ball into eternity, hopefully, hopefully, and he, it gives him a downfield option with a lot of explosion and yak. I know that they already have Mike Williams. Mike Williams is like kind of inconsistent and hurt at times. He's more of a, I would call him like a downfield possession guy or a downfield uh, contested catch guy. Quentin Johnson gives him kind of a different look on offense where he is going to be explosive down the field, making huge chunk plays. And this is what I love about his profile. I've showed this, uh, this before, but it really is pretty crazy. This is missed tackles force per reception versus yards at the catch per reception for a wide receiver's entire career. I drew a little red arrow. Quentin Johnson has the highest missed tackles force per reception in PFF's database since 2014 in his entire college career. The guys that are in this area, like Kadarius Toney and Debo, I guess AJ Brown is big too, but like Kadarius Toney being right next to him is like a missed tackles force guy. We know Kadarius Toney's a tiny guy. He's like what, like 5'10", 190? Quentin Johnson is 6'3", 208, making people miss, adding Yak. And Yak, if, if I was to put a correlation chart of, or if I was just to correlate Yak with ADOT, it would be negatively correlated. The further down the field you're catching your pass, the less Yak you have to make up. That's why like Debo, a guy who gets his catches all around the line of scrimmage, gets so much Yak every year. It's just because, you know, if you look at it from a numbers perspective, no player is going to have like a 30 yards per reception, right? So if, if a player has 20 yards per reception and 17 of that is made up on ADOT, you're not going to have the ability for like 10 yards of yak. You're already way, way downfield. If you're getting 10 yards of yak on every 17-yard ADOT pass, then you're like generational Randy Moss talent, right? And the other the opposite is true. If your ADOT is lower, you're probably making more yards after the catch because if your ADOT was six yards and your yards per catch is like seven you're probably not an NFL wide receiver for long, if that makes sense. So really, really impressive stuff where he's giving you all this yak all the way downfield. Missed tackles force is insane. He has insane wiggle for his size. And he goes to the Chargers. Kellen Moore is calling plays, a guy who, who in four years with Dallas, two of them injury riddled with Dak. He had a top six scoring offense three of those four years and a top 10 pass attempts offense. So the volume and the scoring is there three out of those four years. So we get volume, we get efficiency, we get amazing quarterback play for minimum his entire rookie contract. And then you also have Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who both aren't long-term wide receiver one options. They can both be cut next year and save a combined over $40 million. Like neither of them are long-term options past 2023. They could both be cut, traded, whatever. Quentin Johnson, first round pick for the Chargers. A lot to like there. Now, if you want to have Jordan Addison wide receiver two, Go ahead. I have him at wide receiver three. I can I get the case for wide receiver two. I really do. He looks like Devonta Smith, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I said the same thing about Devonta Smith, or recently I've been saying the same thing about Devonta Smith, is that if a guy his size gets drafted highly in the first round and an NFL team who puts millions of resources or millions of dollars of resources into their draft prep and they say, you know what, this guy's 5'11", 171 pounds. We don't care. We're using a first round pick on him anyways. That's good enough for me especially with the Vikings front office, who is pretty sharp when it comes to these things, right? Uh, I think it's a new guy, not the one who drafted Justin Jefferson, but he comes from like a Moneyball analytics type background. Jordan Addison is in a sweet spot. Now, the the issue I have with Jordan Addison, the reason I have him behind Quentin Johnston, 
I just think guys his size aren't propped up by the dynasty market. Like the dynasty market loves to push up your, you know, your AJ Browns, your DK Metcalfs, your, uh, you know, of course, like Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson aren't tiny, right? Even like Garrett Wilson, I know that he weighed in at like 185, but there's still more like that modern, you know, J Jeff at like 190, 195-ish. Like those guys who look like Jackson the Jigbo, like six foot 190, six foot 195. Those guys get pushed up, but once you get to like 170 area, it gets kind of tough, right? That's your Marquise Browns. Marquise Brown had like a top 12 season in year three and couldn't crack the top 12 dynasty wide receivers. We have Devonta Smith right now, who had a top 12 season last year, point per game in just a second year, but is a fourth round starter pick as the wide receiver 14 in a Daco's recent ADP. If I get a top 12 season in year two for my wide receiver, like that should really vault them up, you know? So... You can say Devonta Smith uh, is older, right? So he came in as a senior, so maybe it's kind of an age thing, and it's also an A.J. Brown thing. But if it's an A.J. Brown thing, Jordan Addison got drafted to the Vikings, who have Justin Jefferson there, and he's probably going to sign a super mega contract or whatever uh, in the next, like, six months. So it's tough for me to see a ceiling. But I do understand that the dynasty market, if you flash in year one, which I think Jordan Addison has the highest floor, and if we look at uh, – if we look at this, nope, not this. We look at Jordan Addison's yards per run versus man coverage, right? This is a great tweet from Hayden Wings showing three yards per run, 3.9, 4.4. Anything over three yards per run is elite. He has a skill. He can beat man coverage. He has a very good route running tree or whatever route tree, whatever you want to call it. And if he f- pops early, like Olave did, like Drake London did, like Garrett Wilson did, then you don't have to hold on to him and realize that upside. You can then just trade him for a higher upside wide receiver if that makes sense so I don't hate the idea of buying Jordan Addison he goes to a good offense right Kevin O'Connell is great uh they were eighth in points last year third in pass attempts last year Justin Jefferson's there it's going to be a great offense Kirk Cousins there and if he flashes early you can just turn around and now sell him for like top 10 wide receiver price I think that that's probably the play to be honest with you because I, I don't know how he gets 20 points per game or he gets like top five dynasty wide receiver I don't know that that's in his range with a you know we're talking Justin Jefferson here. If it was like Devontae Adams and he's like, you know, past 30 and it's like, you know what, there's going to be a passing of the torch, but it's like, man, like Justin Jefferson's probably entrenched there, probably the wide receiver one in all of Dynasty for like the next like three plus years. It's going to be real tough to see, you know, a spot where he can go like second round of startups. You know, that's that's just kind of the way I see it. But again, super versatile. He can play inside out, really nice skill, really nice floor. And if you want to draft him and then, you know, trade him and play the market a little bit, if he does pop early, I think that that's fine too. Now, after that, we have B tier. And this is just Zay Flowers in a tier by himself. And really the only reason that he's in a tier by himself. And I know that there's going to be a lot of film guys out there that really like Zay Flowers. I I just can't, I can't get there. There's just a lot more red flags to his profile than Quentin Johnson and Jordan Addison. Now, I didn't mention either. I know Quentin Johnson has like a hands issue or a body catching issue. If you want to lower him behind Addison for that, go ahead. Like, I, I get that it's a concern, but an NFL team did just draft him 21st overall uh, with that in mind. I don't think that that's a bigger red flag than Jordan Addison's size. But when we talk about Zay Flowers here, there's just more red flags to this profile than the other guys that we've talked about, right? We look here, receiving yards per team pass attempt, that's just literally receiving yards divided by team pass attempt. And you look at Quentin Johnston, JSN, like they all have stud years, right? Quentin Johnston's above it all three years. Addison above the dotted line in year one, way above it in year two, a little bit of a down year in year three. 
But Zay Flowers across the board, I guess he like just goes above it in year two. But we're talking three out of four years. He's not hitting a threshold. 22 years old, senior. He's undersized, right? 5'10", 180 pounds. So you really got to start, you know, overlooking some concerns here. I'm just saying it's a shakier profile. And that's why I have him a tier below. Uh, but I will say film guys absolutely love him. Lance Zierlein, you guys know I love his film grades. He has Zay as his wide receiver two in this class with like a, a really high first round grade. So that's exciting. I, I can see the world where this isn't a one-for-one one comp because Waddle went sixth overall in his draft, which is just nutty. But I can see a world where he's Waddle-like, where the entire like nerd space of Dynasty is overthinking it and saying, you know what, the analytics aren't good here. And the film guys are just saying, he's good, draft him. And I, and I completely get that. And that's why he's here. And that's why I have him as like 109 in rookie drafts, but I can't get him above these other two guys. Now, I do like that he's bigger, right? So he's not 170 pounds. He is... 5'9", 182. He has just a career 33.9% slot percentage, so he can play on the perimeter. He can play inside. He's explosive after the catch. Now, I'm not crazy about this Ravens landing spot. I will say Todd Monken's there. I think he's going. I think they're going to pass more than people might think. Uh, I think like Mike Clay has him like dead last in dropbacks. I would probably say more like low 20s, right? Todd Monken's going to come in. He's somebody that aired it out a ton. I want to say that he was a part of the uh, Jameis... Fitzpatrick season on Tampa Bay when they just passed the ball a ton. I think they led the league in pass attempts. It wouldn't be crazy to see them pass a ton more, but now we're talking about just in terms of year one stuff, we're talking OBJ, Rashad Bateman, Mark Andrews, and what should be a league average at absolute ceiling pass attempts offense. So it does get a little bit tough, right? I would just kind of take Kevin O'Connell offense, Kellen Moore offense, like they're just better offenses. It's a shame that, you know, I don't know. Like if some, if one of these guys went there, maybe Zay Flowers goes to like the Vikings or he goes to the uh, Bills or something, you can move him up. But it just gets tough. Regardless, he's no doubter. 109 for me. I just don't know how he like smashes year one and does so well that I like really regret putting him in this area, you know? But if he is your guy, go out and get him. I get that there is kind of like a uh, Zay Flowers hive out there. Now, this is a huge, huge tier break, right? We go from like mid first. 109 with these wide receivers now we're talking middle of the second round of rookie drafts and this one i don't think you guys are going to like but we're going to put josh downs here he is my wide receiver five and he is such a difficult evaluation for me because he goes to a pretty rough landing spot in the colts and then he falls out of the second round of the draft when he was pretty much supposed to be a locked and loaded top 50 pick and this is a colts offense that just drafted anthony richardson this is going to be a pass offense that probably is going to struggle, have low volume, be low efficiency early on. And then they're also probably going to opt for a little bit more 12 personnel, especially coming from Philly Steichen. So you're going to see like Jelani Wood. You're going to see Mo Ali Cox. I will say, though, I looked up uh, Jalen Hurts' first year as a starter. They were 17th in three-plus wide receiver sets. So about like league average there, but they were bottom five in pass rate over expectation. This is going to be a run-heavy offense early on. It's going to be hard for Josh Downs to give you a massive, massive return on investment so the situation isn't perfect at all at least early on you kind of need Anthony Richardson to get there as a passer for Josh Downs to ever uh you know reach a ceiling but I have to bet on the prospect and Josh Downs is almost a true stress test for the RS grades Josh Downs is our first ever third round elite wide receiver prospect he is still elite I put him behind two golds on this list and the thing is that guys look like Josh Downs, who are 21-year-old early declares, elite RAS scores, second-year breakouts, 21-year-old early declares, they usually don't fall to the third round. And I have to, like, it, it might be arrogant to say this, but I do think the NFL got this one wrong. 
this is we sort by Lance Zierlein grade. So this is Lance Zierlein, uh, NFL.com draft analyst. His his grades are great. And how I use them is there are small input in the model themselves, but when there's discrepancies, right? Or I don't know why I said discrepancies so crazy, but when there's discrepancies, right? If there's a guy that he had like a first round grade on who went in the second or third round, I listen. I bump those guys up the ranking. That's why you see DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, you know, all these guys elite because I give them a boost if they have first round grade, which is 6.37 and above. That's why you have that red line here. 6.37 and above are all guys that hit the magic number pretty much. I know that Lance doesn't view it this way, but from what I've seen, 6.37 and above is essentially like a first round grade for him. And you can see here, 6.37 and above for, this is essentially all non-first rounders sorted by Lance Zierlein grade. Josh Downs has the fifth highest Lance Zierlein grade among non-first rounders, and he went in the third round, right? 6.44. Like, he literally looks, looks just like Elijah Moore, but with third-round draft capital. You can see, of course, there's misses, right? Per Paris Campbell, I would argue he had a, a much worse prospect profile. You, I'm not counting Elijah Moore as a miss. Marquis Lee, I guess, is a miss. But then you have Debo, Tyler Boyd, Devontae Adams, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. It is a gold mine. So when Lance Zierlein says this, I have to listen, right? Again, a really good profile, right? We look here at the physical profile, too. 8.99 RAS, 4.4 speed, elite agility, elite explosion. He's undersized, but so is Jordan Addison. So is Zay Flowers. So is Marvin Mims, who went in the second. Wide receivers these days are just undersized. So again, I'm going to bet on this. He hits relative athletic score uh, multipliers, early declare, 21 years old, produced, athletic. He hits everything besides draft capital. And Lance Zierlein's grade kind of pushes him from, you know, like third round gold up to elite. So we'll see how this plays out. But at a certain point, I have to just bet on the profile. He still hits elite. He still looks super clean. I have to bet on it. Now, if you want to put somebody ahead of downs, I would be completely fine with Marvin Mims. I have Marvin Mims as my wide receiver six here. He goes 63rd overall to Denver. And he's probably just a little bit of a cleaner prospect where third round wide receivers, like once it gets to the third round, hit rates for wide receivers fall off a cliff. But Marvin Mims goes second round. He goes to what should be like a re rejuvenated Russell Wilson with Sean Payton. And I also don't think that this is as crowded of a wide receiver room as we think. Sutton and Judy are on the trade block. Sean Payton doesn't think enough about the tight ends to the point where they're trading for Adam Troutman. So nothing's really set in stone. And this is a new regime coming in, handpicking their players. Marvin Mims is also a guy that had under a 35% slot usage in year one and year three, but then was at 75% in year two. So this is a guy who can play inside, can play outside, can stretch the field, can pretty much do everything you're looking for. And he just has a really clean profile where we look through and he kind of looks like Emmanuel Sanders where they're both undersized, right? Like 5'10", 186, 183, but they're both guys that can play inside and out. Emmanuel Sanders, undersized guy, but only played 34% from the slot in his entire career. Marvin Mims, very similar in that way. 21 years old, early declare, produced in year one, produced in year three, four three burners like there's a lot to like here with marvin mims really clean guy uh, again with like every wide receiver we mentioned here i i don't know what the ceiling looks like i don't think a top five season's ever in there for marvin mims but you know top 15 ish wide receiver season you know like kind of like prime emmanuel sanders prime tyler lockett type stuff flirting with wide receiver one seasons i think you can get that out of guys like marvin mims and josh downs now from here we go to their next tier of wide receiver prospects and these are late second round rookie picks to me and if you want to defer to draft capital, you can. If you want to defer to just your favorite guy in this tier, you can. 
Jalen Hyatt is pretty similar to Josh Downs, where he is also an RS grade darling that I just have to bet on. All wide receivers in this tier, besides Jalen Hyatt, are silver. Jalen Hyatt joins Josh Downs, right? You can see Josh Downs right underneath him as guys with first round Lanzier line grades not drafted in round one. And again, when that happens, I listen because that's Metcalf, that's Marquise Lee, that's AJ Brown, that's Paris, or not really, Paris Kim was not a good, good hit, but Elijah Moore uh, even had a strong like year one, Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, Tyler Boyd, Michael Pittman, T. Higgins. Usually, you know, like about like 75% of the time, which is a insane hit rate on second round wide receivers, when a 6.37 plus in the LZ grades goes outside of the first two rounds, we should listen. Now, when we talk through these guys, I don't really even know what to make of it because, again, we have no round three guys. Like, Hyatt and Downs are the only round three guys with a 6.37 plus. So, we still don't know what that means, right? That could be a decence. They go they go third round, and that's like, okay, 6.37 plus, but it really only matters if the wide receiver goes second round. If they go third round, then throw it out the window. And maybe we'll add that to the RS grades down the line, but for now, I can't ignore this data. Jalen Hyatt even becomes just our... I think like six wide receiver to hit gold or better drafted in round three. So Josh Downs is there and is there as well. But you have Earl Bennett, Keenan Allen, Dante Moncrief, Chris Godwin, and Stephon Diggs. And we're talking about wide receivers in the third round or later. A what's a 60% top 24, top 12, top five hit rate is insane for wide receivers third round or later. So again, it's so difficult because third round draft capital is so tough and it's where the hit rates really fall off for wide receivers but Hyatt and Downs absolutely popping the RS grades and it's not just because of Lance line grades they're both really strong profiles as well when we talk about Hyatt we're talking about 67 catches 1200 yards 15 touchdowns in the SEC 21 year old early declare 4-4 speed 40 inch vertical he looks like Will Fuller now it's clear that the NFL doesn't like this Tennessee offense right Cedric Tillman Jalen Hyatt Hendon Hooker all go outside of the first two rounds but man I just can't, like, when we get to this point, we're talking about pretty rough profiles here. I have to put Jalen Hyatt, again, I might be saying Jalen Hyatt completely terribly at this point, but I have to put him at wide receiver seven. I just have to. He goes to the Giants, which isn't even a great spot. Now, I do trust Brian Dable to kind of, like, run an offense to the strengths of his players, but we're talking about Wandale, Paris Campbell, Sterling Shepard, Jamison Crowder, big slot tight end, Darren Waller, and Jalen Hyatt has an 88% career snap percentage from the slot so if he's going to want to play early which there's you know his only competition on the outside is Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins there's a path there if he can develop as an outside guy if he can come into the league and maybe he was almost like pigeonholed in that offense as a slot guy and he can go on the perimeter and win downfield we're talking about a really really nice hit here in the late second so I'm just going to bet on him I do think that his profile is better than these next three guys but again when we're talking about these D tier guys if you want to put high at the end of this tier you can now our wide receiver eight is Jonathan Mingo. I think a lot of guys are going to be screaming at their TV right now. Ron, you're way too low on Jonathan Mingo. He goes 39th overall to the Carolina Panthers. I just want to let you guys know, when we get to this area, these guys, Mingo, Jaden Reed, Rashe Rice, or Rashi Rice, the, the last three wide receivers we're going to talk about here, join this list of wide receivers, your second round silver wide receivers in the RS grades. I mean, you have some hits. I mean, like Christian Watson's good, and Michael Thomas, and Sterling Shepard, and DJ Chark, and Eddie Royal, and Claypool, and Sutton, and Curtis Samuel. You have some nice hits. 
But when we look here, from 2007 to 2020, uh, 2020, you have just 5 of 33 hitting top 24 seasons, which is a 15% hit rate. Golds hit top 24 seasons at a 45% hit rate. And you saw that list of round three or later wide receivers that were golds have like a 50% hit rate. So I'm just playing the numbers here. But if you want to say, you know what, Ron? Your RS grades are crap. They mean nothing. Give me the draft capital. Give me the big hulking Jonathan Mingo. Go ahead. I'm just saying this is from my point of view, the data points I take in and spitting out to you guys. So when we talk about Jonathan Mingo, he is really tough. Now, he's interesting, and he, the reason I have him up top is he goes 39th overall, which is very serious draft capital. Now, I don't think I'm as extreme as Scott Connor here. Scott Connor, great follow. He does Dynasty Trades in 5. He does Destination Devi stuff. One of the sharpest dudes, I think, in this space when it comes to Dynasty. And he's been very big on this philosophy this offseason that top 10 draft capital is like elite generational stuff for wide receivers. And you have like 11 through... 40 is pretty much the same, right? He says 11 through 25, 18 wide receivers drafted since 2013, 10.36 points per game. And then you see average points per game for wide receivers drafted 11 through or 26 through 40. And you have 9.73. I think that he worded that wrong, but it's just not a big difference when it comes to that. And I'm kind of, I kind of agree that when we talk about like wide receivers, 26 through 40, it's almost like an extension of that late first round draft capital. Cause we've seen those guys, you know, Elijah Moore, Michael Pittman, Christian Watson, Debo, Cortland Sutton, all fall in that range. So we have kind of seen that in recent years, even with running backs, like Jonathan Taylor went in that range. I think Swift went in that area. So those like first 10 picks of the, of the second round are kind of like mini first rounders. So Carolina drafts Mingo. It's this new regime, right? They're bringing in Bryce Young. You got Josh McCown at quarterback coach. You got Frank Reich as the head coach. What you can say about Jonathan Mingo is he was handpicked, right? Even though, like, the thing that I can't wrap my head around is they have LaVisca Chanel and Terrace Marshall, already two guys that play that big slot role, which is what Jonathan Mingo is going to do in the NFL. But you have to assume the new regime is going to prefer the guy that they drafted 39th overall. Now, Jonathan Mingo... The production is really rough, but the reasons we buy in or the reason why people buy in is because of his size, right? And size is so rare at wide receiver. I was talking about with Quentin Johnson, right? He's like the only guy that we've talked about. Yeah, he's the only guy that we've talked about on this list that's over 200 pounds and like like over six foot, over 200 pounds. None of these other guys look like that. But Jonathan Mingo is bigger than Quentin Johnson. He's six foot and he's like just shy of 6'2", 220 pounds, 22 reps on the bench, 9.87 RAS, like runs a 4.4. I get it. He looks big, fast, strong, but I have to like warn you guys, we've seen a lot of big, fast, strong guys not work out. We've seen uh, like Miles Boykin. We've seen Brashad Perriman. We've seen Kevin White. Uh, we've seen like, would you put Doriel Green Beckham in there? Uh, would you put Justin Hunter in there? Like we've seen a lot of these guys that are like physical freaks, Stephen Hill, my Jets. So there's a lot of guys that look like this, you know, uh, but I do definitely agree that size does equal upside right we've seen you know your aj browns your Devonte adams your julio joneses right we we do want these prototypical guys and i don't mind them at cost or at a cost that i would be comfortable with which would be like late second but he does go early second and the reason there is because i, I get the upside the upside's there he could be aj brown he could be debo samuel he could be very very exciting but he could also be pretty bad right we we have a lot of data points here that he's not as good as, you know, sort of he's being led on to be. This is his final season reception perception against man zone and press. We're talking, you know, 34th percentile, 34th, 36th percentile, not great at all. We look at his production stuff. So receiving yards per team pass attempt versus the other wide receivers that we sort of went through, like S through B tier. Not once does Jonathan Mingo on a per game basis go above one of these dotted lines uh, in terms of receiving yards per team pass attempt. 
I know you can like point to like a two-game sample from his third year before he got hurt, and you can point to Michael Trigg goes down and he starts to have to play like inline tight end. And I get it. I, I think that there's a ton of upside there, but the floor is so shaky, man. It is really, really brutal, uh, the floor on this guy. So if you want to chase it and you think that you can watch film better than I can digest numbers and put him up as a top five wide receiver, go ahead. I implore you to do so. It's just a tough bet for me to make. Now, after that, we have our wide receiver nine, Rashi Rice here. And I, I don't mind it. I mean, you kind of just have to push Rashi Rice up because he goes 55 overall to the Chiefs. I know it's like, oh, we just did it with Sky Moore. Yeah, but Sky Moore was like the 107 last year. We're talking about like a mid to late second with Rashi Rice. Like I can kind of stomach that price if he's going to get catching or if he's going to be pa catching passes from Patrick Mahomes. I kind of like his comp as like a, a don't take this the wrong way if Rashi Rice is watching this, but he kind of feels like a poor man's Brandon Ayuk. Now I can say poor man's because Brandon Ayuk was a first rounder. Rashi Rice was a second rounder. So he is like a, you know, a different version of Ayuk. Uh, he's a little bit more athletic, but they're both kind of like six foot, 205, four, five type guys, you know, explosive 40 inch verticals. And Rashi Rice kind of plays in a similar way where he had 11.2 yard eight out. So he's a downfield wide receiver, but he's also shifty. He had 19 missed tackles force, which was tank, which was tied with like Quentin Johnson and Tank Dell for some of the most in the class. So he's this guy that operates downfield as like a true perimeter X wide receiver. Can make people miss. Great contested catch guy too. 16 contested catches was more than any of the guys we've mentioned so far. But it's like, man, it's not great. We're talking about 23 years old. Not an early declare. Not a great profile. Not a good Lanzier line uh, grade. But he goes second round to the Chiefs. And he has an interesting profile where if it works out, uh, there's high upside there because he is a bigger wide receiver, missed tackles, force, yards at the catch type stuff. He can be like Ayuk where the, the profile kind of sucks and he just goes to the right scheme and kind of wins in his own way. That's all in his range. But the reason we like, the reason I, I just have a hard time with any of these guys is just this, right? Like we're talking about the average top 24 wide receivers above those dotted lines. And that's roughly about where my thresholds match up. And it's just like, man, like it's rough, man. Rache Rice or... I keep going back and forth. Rashi Rice. But he's behind. He's under the dotted line in all four. I mean, he has his best year in his final year at SMU, but it's like, man, like, if you have a fourth-year guy, you want him to absolutely smash. Like, Devonta Smith, Heisman winning season in his senior year. We, we ideally want them to dominate as, you know, 23-year-olds playing with 19-year-olds. And we just didn't really see it with Rashi Rice. Now, the next guy we're going to talk about is also on this chart, and that's Jaden Reed. He goes... 50th overall to the Packers. I like put a tweet out earlier about Jaden Reed and had everybody just like complete like Packers Twitter found it and they got super super mad. Um, but like I, I get it. He he went to I think it was Western Michigan, played next to Dwayne Eskridge, and actually was like went toe to toe with Dwayne Eskridge in his freshman year. That's where you're seeing Jaden Reed gets above the threshold in his first year. Now. It, I feel really bad for him, to be honest with you. Like, we have all of these NIL and transfer rules now. He had to sit his second year out because he wanted to transfer from uh, Western Michigan to Michigan State. So he has to sit out a year. He comes in and just never really recaptures that magic, right? You see, he never really goes above the dotted line after year one. So we're talking about, like, a fifth-year guy. I will say, I mean, if we want to sort of look at his positives right now, he gets 87th percentile against press, which is really, really uh, encouraging that he can at least just, like, beat someone in a one-on-one -on -one situation. Uh, so he is definitely a good route runner. Uh, he's also somebody that I do love. You guys know I love my dynamic guys. He has three career punt return touchdowns on 38 punt returns, which is insane. That's like what? One of every 11 punt returns and you're, you know, catching punts like two to three times a game. So 
pretty, pretty insane. He goes to a wide open depth chart, right? You have Christian Watson, then you have Romeo Dobbs, and that's like it. And I don't think uh, I don't think anyone besides Christian Watson is really a super confirmed like you know week one two wide receiver set starter. So he's going to have the opportunity to get on the field early. But when we talk about kind of his negatives here. He's going to be catching passes from Jordan Love, who we don't know is good or what this offense looks like without Aaron Rodgers. And we're talking about a guy who is a 23-year-old non-early declare, and he didn't dominate in his final season, right? We saw that final one was way below the threshold, right? That year five, man, that year five has to be a monster, monster year. Because again, he's way older than his competition, and it just wasn't that great. And then something that, this is what the Packers didn't like that I shared on Twitter. But if we look at this is, I cannot trust enough. This is nothing from me. This is no RS grade at all. This is simply just your day one and two wide receivers, right? So first, second, and third rounders under a 6.09 Lane Zier line grade. Lane Zier line, the NFL draft analyst over NFL.com. He does film grades for everybody. 6.09 or, or worse is like average backup special teamer is what he like lists that under. And if we look at second and third rounders, since he started grading wide receivers in 2014, with a 6.09 or worse that went in the first, second, or third round, you get this list. And it's an absolute wasteland. You have Anthony Shorts, Devin Duvernay, Danny Gray, Tyquan Thornton, Tutu Atwell, David Bell, Vilas Jones, Chris Conley. If you want to just, you know, hyperfixate on Kenny Galladay and John Brown, I implore you to do so. But, like, man, the rest of it's so rough. Cody Lattimore, or Cody Latimer, Leonte Carew is a fun one. Josh Huff, Chad Williams. Like, it's just really bad it's a bad bucket to be in again 23 year old non-early declare the only thing you can really cling on to is 87 percentile versus man freshman year breakout and maybe say that like you know holding out and playing at michigan state he just couldn't re-emerge i just think it's tough to be honest with you i really think the packers drafted him in the second round because of his uh special teams experience like they're probably looking for someone to return kicks and uh do punts and kind of be a multifaceted wide receiver. Like some of these guys are drafted to be special teamers and on offense. And I think Jaden Reed kind of fits that. His ceiling is like a fantasy asset to me is just tough. He's going to be catching passes from Jordan Love. It's just, it's pretty rough. I get the draft capitals there. I get the depth charts pretty wide open. But at wide receiver, even wide open depth charts, right? we've seen Jalen Rager go to the Eagles before they had AJ Brown or Devonta Smith. Nothing happened. It's not the same thing as running back where you're just going to get volume either way. You still have to get open, win your route, beat the corner, get open, catch a pass. So you still have to be good to produce. You can't just be in a, a wide-open depth chart, wide-open wide receiver room and produce that way. Now, if you like Jaden Reed and you want to put him at the top of this tier, go ahead. Again, within each tier, everything is pretty fluid. But this is how I break down my top 10 rookie wide receiver rankings for 2023. As always, if you enjoyed and you would like to see more of what my rankings might look like or you want to see the RS grade database or the RS grades, like I have my – the RS grades are all official – for literally every prospect that was drafted in this draft, quarterback, running back, tight end, wide receiver, all the way back through 2007, you have access to that entire database. You have my rookie rankings on my top 48 Dynasty Superflex tight end premium rookie rankings already live on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. And if you want to go out there wheeling and dealing in the trade market, doing Dynasty startups, I will have my Dynasty rankings update. So my top like 250 in Superflex tight end premium should be done by like Saturday. So a lot to look forward to. Check out patreon.com slash Ron Stewart. That'll be down below in the description and pinned at the top of the comments below. And if you can't support there, like, subscribe, go a huge, huge long way. I don't know why I said that so weird, but I appreciate you guys for sticking around and watching the video. And I will see y'all in the next one. I got the juice. I got the juice. Channel, chat, I'm home. Foolies, glad I'm home.
Even my haters kinda glad I'm on Rest in peace to my vagabond Rap a song, singer Suspended, subpoenaed From misdemeanors, dreamer Hell back asses, Loki's still a deer And I still shake a bull squat